Howdy, dudes. What's up? This is the Demo Team Podcast. My name is Cash Spicer, and we're the only podcast that supports your addiction to Dance Gavin Dance. Uh, we're here with uh, Moses, as always. What's cracking? Anything good this weekend? Um, I don't know. I had, like, these uh, buffalo chicken, like, I don't know, cheesy popper things from Trader Joe's. All right. They were pretty good. Sound of mom. What's up, David? Hey there, man. Shoot. It's the weekend. I'm enjoying it. Taking some time off. It's nice. Oh, yeah. You're always working, man. A little bit. But shoot, it's good. It's good for you. Making money. It's all good. Shoot. How you been? All right. I just ate a big old plate of ribs. Nice. Yeah. I'll be a little sleepy for this episode. Hey, what's your uh, favorite uh, barbecue place in the Dallas area? Dallas area? Um, What is it? Uh, I got to think of what it's called. Because you go you go from Austin to Dallas, right? Yeah. I I mean, like I could tell you like Austin for sure. But have you have you had a Cadillacs or? I think it's 10:50 in Dallas. Um, maybe Cadillacs, but I'm not sure. Cadillacs is pretty popular, and then there's a Pecan Lodge, but I haven't been to that one. I think I've been to Pecan Lodge. Uh, I like Big Owls. That one's good. And then there's one in what is it called? I don't some the part of South Dallas that they're gentrifying. Um. <laughs> The Oaks or whatever. Um, it's like named after some like small town in Texas. But I don't know. L- listening to Ryan, he hasn't gone to talk yet. Oh, Lockhart. Hey, that's what I was thinking of. But Lockhart. <laughs> yeah, Lockhart. Oh yeah, I've had Lockhart, but the one in Plano, and that place is pretty good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> but it's not like the best. But it's like your solid. It's like your solid. You know, A minus B plus barbecue place. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't go wrong with barbecue in Texas unless you go to, like, Dickies or something. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. Dickies get get your uh, get your fix. Just the bare minimum, but, you know, it'll do. But, Ryan, how are you doing? What up? I'm doing good. I've been eating lots of greens. greens. Smoking them, more likely. But, no, <laughs> I've been eating lots of pretzel dogs as of late. I found, like, a Ooh. nice... They're just really good, and I've been eating that a lot, but as far as barbecue goes, I live in the IE, and I mean, I don't know too many good barbecue spots. I know about Famous Dave's in Ontario. That's about it. Yeah, that, yeah that's s- like, Famous Dave's is your, uh, like, chain that's kind of all over, and it's all right, yeah. but for the most part, gonna- California has, like, shitty barbecue. I mean, y'all got, like, a lot of cows, right? So y'all could do, yeah. if y'all had the know-how, you, I if, feel like you could yeah, pull it if off. I, if I knew where they were, I'd be there, but I don't. So if you guys got good California SoCal barbecue recommendations, please help a, a, a poor man. Or NoCal, because, uh, or Nor, whatever. Yeah, NorCal. Yeah, NorCal, <laughs> NoCal. <laughs> I'm sure Moses could appreciate that, too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Cash? 
Uh, Mothership, everyone's favorite, because it never yes. ends, because it's an infinity sign. Or is it's a Mobius strip? What? It's a Mobius strip. What's that? Yeah, Mobius. Like, it's like a like the symbol that you see. It's like constantly going. It's kind of like the thing they uh, if to give it a reference. You'd probably understand. If you watch the last Avenger movies that came out, it basically gave him like the pattern he needed to correct time travel or to perfect time travel, I should say. Interesting. But if you look up Mobius Strip, like you'll see it looks exactly like the uh, mothership symbol. Is it like a sacred geometry thing or something? Or is it just a symbol? Like, it's, it's supposed to be like a symbol that um, it basically has no like start or end to it. Like it's like one of those things that are like an optical illusion. When you look at it, like it doesn't look like it. It doesn't overlap. You know what I mean? Like it's just one constant shape. It's like the bootstrap turns off. Yeah. So I'm, we're to get not, into conspiracy theories on this podcast now. We are in the deep state. All right, mothership. Anything yeah. to say before we hop in? What up? Oh, up in the mothership. Yeah. Um. Nah. I think. Uh, didn't, aren't we starting off with this uh, deception? Yep. Bad. Unless we're not, and we deceived you. Oh shoot! I see what you did. But not like shoot, Cash. You want to start us off? I guess. Like. How about someone else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Deception, the song features Andrew Wells on guitar. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the song like would make a great anime opening theme song. Like I don't know something about it, like how it starts off <laughs> mellow, but then it kicks off to that like riff. The like it just reminds me of a lot of like anime for some reason. Um, you could say that about a lot of dance and dance <laughs> music, though. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, especially on this album. Definitely this album, yeah. <laughs> but That's funny. yeah, I, I really this one. I, I really like the structure of the song. Like it goes in, like it goes intro, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus instead of uh, having the bridge at the end. But I guess they do that a lot, and I think. The way that they go about it, or at least the way that Tulian and John um, talked about it on like a podcast, is that they'll write the song like completely like like beginning to end, where it will kind of have a regular structure, and then will kind of messes it or like messes with it, like like all right, well I want to put the verse here and there, or only do the chorus once type of thing, and I guess that that's kind of why you get like all these weird dance game and dance songs where like the structure is like not your basic structure and things are kind of like sometimes you get the bridge like you know right after the first chorus which i don't know it's kind of cool it it changes up uh the song and doesn't make it seem as repetitive for sure yeah um but yeah moving like moving on it to me, it's probably one of Tillian's like best uh, vocal performances. Like to, I wouldn't say to date, but definitely when the album came out. Um, I mean, you get a little falsetto like in the intro, and uh, I guess I should say that that 
I don't know. I feel like I bring up his falsetto a lot, but it's only because, like, I really dig his technique and his voice is already like a pretty high register. So when he kicks into the falsetto, it's like, dude, this guy can go even higher. It's, it's pretty, <laughs> right? And like, like, really get that in this song because, like, he, like he kind of teases you in the intro. Um, then he actually shows off some grit, like at the end of the the first verse and like i really dig that chorus like i think like his voice and matt's drumming like just really i don't know make that chorus hit like you're like just like damn like i really i really feel this and i know like a lot of people i don't know they would say that that um tillian is all technique no emotion but this song and i disagree and a lot of like a lot of the songs at the end of this album, like they're filled with a lot of emotion for sure. Um, Facts like the aggression line you're talking about, uh, where it's like he's like like self-deprecation to settle the score, like he you know he's like adding vocal grit and stuff like that. And you know it, like this song, like dude Moses, I gotta agree with your sentiment like about uh like a super strong vocal performance because like you're right, like he does the falsetto thing he's you know adding vocal grit and going aggressive with john like you know that you know and um and then later you know they have that section where they slow down and you know he's like you know just leaning into the falsetto thing yes that's the bridge and oh man that falsetto is absolutely crazy dude no dutillion was all over this song like he he honestly killed it yeah there's like a lot of you know different techniques and you know it's well it's you know in good taste the dude killed it and then other than that like will just knocks the entire song out of the park with his guitar work like it's like nothing bad to say about the song it's great uh you know beginning to end uh who wants to go next i, I was curious yeah like do you, do you have any like favorite tillian lines in here like i won't be plastic or neutered or no <laughs> that's a great line especially the way that he like delivers it yeah he's got like a, he's got a little bit of a fry on his vocals a little bit it's nice little scream from him yeah um yeah it's like and it fits with like the lyrics and what he's talking about i just like it it's good yeah he said neutered <laughs> Uh, yeah he will not be neutered <laughs> i hope not but dave shoot. you want to go next me uh i mean uh i felt like i already kind of went i was actually curious about your thoughts ryan <laughs> oh yeah um i will say like deception like these tracks we're going over today are probably easily some of my favorite from the album i think most Ooh. of them were in my top three um but um uh, the song itself i i just gotta say like i really uh, appreciate like matt mingus's drum work on this album just like the chariot movement of like the double bass but yeah i have to agree with you ryan like the amount of a uh, double pedal like in this album is great like yeah i, I wish all, all the albums like had you know this amount of it it like really yeah. builds up the choruses and uh, mm-hmm. yeah like I'm a I'm a huge fan of, of that double pedal. See, yeah, honestly, yeah, go ahead, Dave. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I, like I like it more sparingly. But no, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I was listening to the chorus, 
and uh like the yeah the double pedals just going off and like Tillian singing the chorus over it and like I, I think that's yeah the fan thing that's probably one of my highlights of the songs and it's it's weird because earlier like years ago I you know I was like eh I don't I, like I, I remember saying I didn't care for this chorus but like you know, that's just completely changed years later shoot oh that's a really heavy nice. chorus too yeah, it's definitely like a it's a metalcore song, but it's like with the way it's like delivered and everything, it's delivered with like a pop like in your face kind of just like catchy ass chorus and it's just sure. it's very fun, very bouncy, a lot of life. Like you got that just like with the double bass and the ba- and just the bass itself, Shoot. like there's just a lot of feeling. Like you feel this song cuz it like beats your beats you over the head with like it's I mean, shoot, like, the, the chugs, man, and like the first yeah. and you know later sections, like dude, Will's going in. I like that, like yeah, one hundred, dude. Yeah, Cash, I think that you would be next in line. You and your thunderbolts. All right. <laughs> um, I guess I'll start off by saying that I feel like this song doesn't really get enough. Like, doesn't get talked about enough. It doesn't really get enough like credit from like. The dance Kevin dance like it fans feels like I don't know it just feels like it's underappreciated. Anyone else feel that way or uh, actually like I mean I, I definitely see people that like have some love for it but it's definitely not you know one yeah. of the top singles or anything. I never hear people talking about it that much so it's it's funny though like this guy from school I went with uh, he actually we ended up going to a concert you know a DGD concert like you know we had no idea. And uh, later he was like, yeah, I just got into this band. And like, he noted, he feels like deception. Like, you know, he started like trying to figure out the bass for that track. You know, I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, deception. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it has some love, man. But I don't know. Yeah, that, that's basically all I've got to say about this. I don't yeah. know. Unless, okay. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say like this song and here comes the winner. Like these two songs on this album, they feel like, Dance Camp and Dance doing like their best to pay like homage to like I'm not, I'm not like not intentionally of course but it's it definitely sounds like a in fear and faith to me who is just like a band that loves really uh, that was a uh, they love the whole. first like metalcore band I saw was in fear and faith nice I saw them yeah. too. would you see them at the Squash the Beef tour um no it wasn't Squash the Beef it was. I don't remember what it was, but I, like I have a poster from it, and I like so I could like I like visualize like what the name of the tour was, but I just can't think of it. <laughs> but go on, Ryan. Yeah, I was gonna say this one, and here comes the winner. Just like the amount of double bass, like singing, screaming parts, where like the singing and screaming is synchronized, it definitely gives me that vibe. Which like in Fear and Faith, like was that was like their bread and butter. But like that's all. It's just like reminiscent. I don't think it was intentional or anything like that. It's just I feel like it was something that they used to do a lot. I'll have to check them out because, like I, I like one bands that I never pay attention to, or I think it's weird, is when a band names their like band name after like a band song that like had just recently like come out. Because I'm pretty sure I remember seeing that name. Yeah. Not that much after Juturna came out. And yeah, like, they, they, they totally like, did that on purpose, too. They named yeah, it after. It wasn't even like, oh, like, it, it's not like when I Set My Friends on Fire came out and they're like, oh, we didn't name it after that Aiden song. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, yeah, you did. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
But like, there yeah. were so many, like so many pop punk bands came out that were named after title fight songs or the story so far songs. And before that, like they were all naming themselves after newfound glory songs. So like, yeah, those are usually the bands where like uh, I, I guess I'm gonna like already know what they're about. I don't really. I would need to like listen to them. As soon as you're but done I'll, with this, I'll have podcast. to check them out. As soon as you're done with this podcast, look up "Live, Love, Die" by In Fear right. and Faith, and I'll tell um, tell me how you feel because it's got exactly like like this song where it's all double bass and like screaming and singing. Like it's just in the same vein as always. I will. That do. reminds me. I have a In Fear and Faith tank, but it's like made up. It's like in the um. Paps Blue Ribbon like logo and it says in beer and faith instead on it. It's pretty That's cool. glorious. Yeah. Yeah, like like if if you've never listened to Inferior Faith, they're like Broadway, but like heavier. Like heavier than yeah. Broadway what? Are we moving on to inspire the liars? <laughs> That'd be dope, yeah. That would be dope. Alright, well, <laughs> um so this song Features Zachary Garrett on guitar. Um, huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. That intro makes more sense now. I think the whole song kind of makes sense because you get like a really nice funky vibe too, and um, or I mean the bridge. But yeah, in a in a oh, Reddit yeah. in a Reddit AMA that they did for uh, Mothership, someone asked John what his favorite lyrics on the album were and he replied by saying butthole and i think he was referring to to this song because he does yeah. say butthole somewhere somewhere in this song um I, like i really wish i knew what pedal or effect was being used in that intro because it just sounds like really cool like it's a cool little vibe like i really dig the whole song and like the fact that it kicks off with that with that like, like riff that almost sounds it almost kind of sounds like a flute or something um is really cool and i feel like Tillian's vocal performance is pretty on par with what he did in deception like you get a lot of i don't know a lot of technique and emotion out of him and you get that grid in the chorus um i don't know this song has like a really dope like funky bridge and we get to oh, yeah. we get some nice clear bass lines in in the verses and in the bridge so shout out to tim uh i Dude, feel like no. i've seen what's up like uh, if anything yeah that that funky bridge is probably like my favorite part of the song honestly and even like italians like lyrics like if anything that's like a super funky part like uh an italian like going over it like honestly it was like the icing on it like that section's dope yeah and, and like i said um for deception like like i i think this is a great example also of how tillian is more than just technique like he there's definitely emotion uh behind some of his like songs <laughs> and like the melodies that he's completely uh, for sure, especially, I mean, yeah, even the part, you know, we just mentioned, you know, the funky part, like, <laughs> if anything, I've always found that funny, like, everybody on my dick, like, preacher, preacher, like, I, I never got that line, but 
I don't know, the, the dude's just going off. Like, he's having fun, obviously, you know. Even though I don't know what he's going on about, you know. Yeah, I mean, they they've it's not the first time that they've kind of made a parody out of religion. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I kind of... <laughs> Like I get it, and I'm I'm down with it, man. They should do it more often. Uh, anybody got anything else to say about the song? Uh, hmm. Uh, it's interesting. Like a lot of people will be like, uh, you know, this is like their point to this as like their best song, or like it's definitely played a lot in concerts, and it's like. You know, it, it, I, it, I see it's a solid track through and through. It's great. But I don't know. It's like, whenever I listen to Mothership, I'm not like, you know what? Yeah, let's throw on Inspire the Liars. I don't know. I feel that for sure. I don't so, know. But it's a great I, I track. Think, I recognize that. I think Ryan has compared this song um, to We Own the Night. And I, I get that comparison because, oh, yeah. like, the, you know, the, like the structure and the chorus are pretty similar. But with that being said, I'm surprised that the song isn't like bigger than "We Own the Night." Cause it's it, pretty it, big, though. Yeah, it but is, I'm yeah. saying it should be bi- it should be bigger because "We Own the Night" is still number one on their Spotify. I mean, it kind of makes sense though, because "We Own the Night" is such a like a catchy chorus, or like oh, yeah. you know what I mean. Like it's it's, it's pretty album. heavy. It's so uh, he's so basically. I mean, he's he's just saying "We Own the Night." In the chorus, wow. and kind of in, elongating it. Yeah, I know, but like I, I know, like I didn't mean like catchy. Like I meant like it's very simple and accessible. Like the whole song is really, but like especially the chorus. I think so. I think what people miss about uh, the chorus in this song and We Own the Night, it it's meant to like it's more taken over by by John, and I think that's what makes the songs great because like it's not often. You get a chorus from that's like primarily John instead of Chilean. Yeah. If anything, that's what I wanted to say. Uh, we own the night. It's actually more Chilean like centered. Like he, you know, he kind of owns most of it. And you know, it's obviously a, you know, it's uh, more leaning to, to poppy. You know, like it would or it would at least appeal to someone that's more into pop. You know, but like I, I'm actually looking at the YouTube views. Like so, we own the night has like 5.4 million, and Inspire the Liars has 7.4. Two million more, so it's like oh shit, damn. yeah. Well, I mean, the band got more popular, but for sure. Bigger, I mean, and everyone knows we own the night was written so Tillian uh, could do body rolls. <laughs> but it's crazy. I mean, Inspire the Liars came came out, you know, a good what? How much? Like a year or two later, and it has that yeah. much more views. Like woo. Well, I mean, the Mothership was like I think their biggest album, right? Yeah, generally for sure. It number thirteen on the Billboard. And yeah, I think uh, artificial selection was number fifteen, and uh, afterburner peaked at fourteen. But I think Mothership oh, like sold the best, or yeah. got the most like, listens and things like that. So afterburner was number one on like the rock charts and stuff like that. Yeah. The, th- the thing is, Mothership had physical releases to go alongside it, so uh, afterburner yeah. was kind of if they had sold physical copies. The same day as the release of the uh, internet streaming stuff, it definitely could have pushed further up the charts. But the fact that it didn't have physical copies and it still was just as that successful is a testament That's to their insane. strength. Well, I also it's it probably wouldn't shame. have mattered either because it came out like around the whole like quarantine stuff too for the physical cells. That is a month yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It's a damn shame. They deserve it, man. 
Yeah, but yeah. like the same thing with the fact that the physical copies weren't shipped out to people who That's ordered true, it yeah. online. So it's, it, it's the corona. The corona ruins everything. Mm-hmm. And but, all their songs are like falling off from it because uh, they're not touring them right now. So yeah, it's unfortunate. But we want it. All right. So who's got more to say about Inspire the Liars? I got some stuff. You got some oh, stuff, Ryan. Okay. I'll let you go first this time. All right. Um, well, I mean, this is obviously a favorite of the fans. Um, I think it's deservedly so, even though it's not really a favorite of mine. Um, Tillian, I think, sounds really good on here for sure. Um, let's see. I say the funky part. It. I mean, it's like recycled from like We on the Night too, like more or less, I would say. And I kind of, it, it's like a, a softer version of it. Though. And I'm like, I kind of think it would have been better if it hit harder for it, but like it's all right, I guess, because I think it was for to give, um, like, pers- not, uh, it's supposed to transition into the next part. It's supposed, it's supposed to overshadow the next part. Which is kind of like my probably my least favorite part of the song is the let's start a religion part because <laughs> they, they kind of lean too far into it. I think it was kind of just a cringy thing to say over and over again. <laughs> in my opinion, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not really. Into, I mean, like I know people are like in like we'll quote it, but like I don't know. I I, I thought it was kind of a dumb. I mean, like I, I don't really. I'm not like religious or anything at all, but like I don't know. It's just kind of like one of those weirdly cringy things, in my opinion. So, yeah, and honestly, I, I wouldn't blame you for thinking that. Um, but honestly, like, yeah, it definitely has stronger lyrics. Like, um, or it, like go back to the vocal performance. Like, uh, like when he says, like, let's go for the stories that remain untold. Like, he does this, like, uh, kind of, I guess, a uh, vocal riff, and then switches to vocal fry out, like, all at once. Like, like really cool stuff. Yeah, he sounds really good on the song. Crisp, mate. Crisp. Mm-hmm. Crisp. <laughs> uh, I, I think yeah. it's my turn now. Please. Take it away, Ryan. All right. Well, as Moses stated, I do believe this song shares a lot of structural similarities with uh, We Own the Night, with like the vocal like the vocal lines being dragged like a lie and night. And... Um, I'll have to say that, like, while it does share that formula, I feel like they perfected the formula that they had with We Own the Night and kind of, like, implemented it in a much more in-your-face kind of manner. Lyrically, I feel like it's probably a little more accessible than, like, We Own the Night in some degrees because everybody has relationship issues and, like, there definitely there is, like, a tone of, like, relationship to it. But I feel like with... Uh, there's a John Mess lyric that goes into this whole butthole thing. Uh, I think I'll shed some light on that. But uh, he says, you know, the butthole's full of the cancer-spreading meat, which is kind of going into our, like, food service industry, kind of, like, feeding us food that gives us colon cancer. And colon cancer is definitely, like, a uh, big problem in our society. And uh, I think it goes into one of those things that, like, where people try to say, like, you know, John Mess's lyrics have deeper meanings and it's definitely i feel like that line itself like addresses a really big issue that we face in our health community um other than that i will say that the ending of this song 
is probably easily, hands down, one of the best outros in post-hardcore period. It reminds me Ooh. of an old Armor Sleep song called The End of a Fraud, which kind of just has this like larger-than-life gospel-like outro feel to it. And with like them talking about like religion and stuff, I don't think it's so much like let's start like christianity or a cult or something like that i think it's more along the lines of the following that dance gammon dance has how passionate how fervent people are for this band because it's true there's more diehard dance gammon dance fans out there than there are say armor for sleep or you know i don't see Silverstein posting anywhere. You know what I mean? I'll probably. I'm sure there's a Silverstein posting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but, uh, I, doubt, I doubt it has the same, like, notorious, infamous connotations that Swamp Posting has around it. Uh, Which, like, I don't, yeah, where's their comic book? Yeah! <laughs> uh, like, I really don't think that that, that uh, End of the Fraud and, and Inspire the Liars are that comparable, because... Like mm-hmm. the reason why they're putting like cre- like religious annotations are completely different. Like, I, well, like end of a fraud. It's just kind of supposed to sound like a like a choir almost, and um, they don't really go- do that in Fire the Liars. They just kind of slowed it down and sing about religion, which yeah. in end of the fraud they didn't really sing about religion. I mean, no. is it really singing about religion? I mean, uh, the fan base thing, I think, is a fine theory, and I, I guess think, uh, I, I like that's I like think that's more acceptable. I think it's like, more just, about I think it's about religion because, like I said, for this isn't the first time that they've sang about religion and how they're not that's true really too. cool with it. So, and it's also like a reoccurring concept too. Well, I'm about to like prove you wrong, like again for like the millionth time, Moses. But um, <laughs> dude, you don't, you've never proven me wrong except like maybe once every week. But um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, like think of it this way: the end of the fraud, it ends, and it's telling don't you don't don't believe. Yeah, the day that you die, you got of a gospel trained singer singing, you know, to you. But Fine, I guess, and, uh, yeah, I don't so, talk over me, boy. let me finish (laughs) anywho the end of the fraud is basically telling you don't believe what you have in your head and at the end of inspire the liars they're talking about starting a fraud they're going to start a fraud religion to get people to follow them like if you list like the lyrics themselves, you can look them up. It's just about a bunch of dudes that want to start their own like following, and they want to create their own little myth mythos around. I mean, that's what we're thing. doing here at the Demo Team Podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're we're I uh, need we're my uh, ego to explode. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. That's that's my thoughts on it. I feel like it's definitely like a very very strong song, and I feel like the outro itself gives it more strength over "We Own the Night" based on formula, just because it's so larger than life, and it has probably one of Tillian's highest vocal performances in it. And the fact that just so you got Will Swan <laughs> killing it, you got Tim killing it, you got you just have everybody working 
like in all six cylinders. And I just think like there's a reason why it's got seven million views on YouTube. There's a reason why it's probably shared in Swamp Posting like every week. You know? I mean, yeah. I guess. The yeah, show just like reminds me of some dumb person trying to be edgy or like a not well thought out get rich scheme. I mean, no, well, I mean, but it's like people not thinking about things more because there's more to it than that. As in, like, you got to actually be, you know, appealing and things like that. You got to actually be profound. The one last thing that I wanted to say is that, yeah, at the surface, it, it sounds a lot like We on the Night. But to be honest, other than than um, the chorus, like I, like they, to me, they sound very different. Like they're a different vibe. You guys have mentioned that that uh, uh, we on the night has like a funky bridge also, but it really doesn't. It's more poppy than funky. And I get um, that. Like that, and there's a lot more layers to we own the night than inspire the liars. So they yeah. might have taken what they did with we own the night, but they definitely <laughs> like made it more compact and yeah, you know, like they like they almost simplified it, I guess, if anything. Yeah, I mean to add a different layer to the lyrical connotation. You got, uh, I mean, if you if you dig hard enough, you will know that Tillian's dad was a Scientologist. So. Really? Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So, I won't go too much deeper into that. You know, that's someone's personal life. I'm not trying to dig and stuff. But, yeah. yeah. If that does, I if mean, that I'm does, a Scientologist. You say you are, but we <laughs> know you're Scientologist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that should be a good PSA, though. Like, like one, one thing about uh, DGD fans is that they get, like, really into the band's, like, personal lives and... That shit's fucking yeah. cringy as fuck, you weirdos. It does don't get do to that, that point, yeah. A number don't of fucking times, do that. No, they're, they're just people. Leave them alone. Yeah. Um, don't fucking David, stop their sisters. I thought it was funny. Uh, that's weird. Don't do that. Um, David, I thought it was funny the way you said layers. Remind me of Shrek. Layers. <laughs> layers. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, layers. But no, yeah, they end up, they end up inspired the layers. Um, I can get, yeah, like, just for, like, how Tillian sings it, I can get, like, how you'd get that vibe. But, like, if you, like, read the lyrics and, like, what John's, like, uh, calling back with, like, it seems like, yeah, like, it seems like they're kind of parroting religion and, like, oh, yeah, we can make our own rules, you know, you know, uh, John's, like, so impressionable, you know, can plan our own demise, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it seems like there's jokes, kind of joke, like, mocking it low-key, like, high-key, yeah, actually. Like, like Colts also planning your own demise, like I mean, fucking the Kool Aid at the end. Sounds like they're trying to be deep, but aren't actually being that deep. So anything, but, it sounds like they're being deep, like no one. Which is like a lot of dance guy and dance deep. stuff. So <laughs> they're being. See, now I think they're putting too much thought into the lyrics. Me, I just said. What, <laughs> I did the opposite. I said I think they're well, trying no, to be by, deep. By the plant, by the fact that you're saying that they're trying to be deep, but they're really not. That's you thinking. Okay, they're trying to parody it, it, but they're not really parodying that well. I don't know. It's like, like I think they're being edgy about their own beliefs. <laughs> I guess, but it's like not like that profound or anything. But they're not trying to be profound. Like that's yeah. They don't no care about being profound. I think they're just saying what they feel. Yeah. I mean, sometimes. Hey, man, you got to remember. Sometimes lyrics lie. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. 
Yeah. Well, no. Chilean said, "Everybody be on my dick, like preacher, preacher, man." Like, you know, who, <laughs> like I, I'm, I'd be 100 percent serious about that. Oh Which, yeah, that's that's, like, that's pretty funny though. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> but, I wish John would say that, but. <laughs> uh, that'd be that'd be funnier. But unless oh, you know, see, and there there goes that that whole thing where people yeah, that's true. are yeah. more forgetting about the shit that John says and not like they don't let Tillian have fun. Let Tillian have fucking fun. <laughs> I'm just confused by the line. I'm like, what are they like? Because okay, the preachers, the preacher thing. Like, there's a joke about preachers kind of being, uh, you know, like rapists and shit like that. So it's like. <laughs> I don't think it's about that. I think it. I think it's more about like, you know, people be on preachers' dicks because like, I, oh. I, there's like a level of confidence a, that you have to have. Double like, entendre. Almost be, you know, uh. See, cash it is deep. Sure. I yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> to an extent, not like, but I don't know. It's whatever. I think I it's mean, just I guess, some people. I guess you can go the Catholic church route, but we don't need to go there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that would be. Re- I don't think that's what they meant. Well, no, it's like a double entendre, though. I think is the thing. It's like a. It's like supposed to have a double meaning. Yeah, but, but yeah, I think I've said my piece on inspire the liars. Yeah, speaking of Shrek, though, is there ogre core? Is that a thing yet? <laughs> yes, there is. There's totally a band John that does. <laughs> there is. I'm not kidding. There totally is. I mean, no, I kind of figured. Don't but... mess on DPM. That's over. <laughs> there's, there's Slam, Slam Worldwide has a band that's totally like all about ogre. It has like Shrek quotes between it, and it's just like the grindiest grindcore slam in the world. Sounds awesome. Swamp, swampy, huh? Yeah, I'll swampy. have to. I'll, I'll send you. Guys, yeah, it's the o- ogre packet slammers. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I'll I'll send you guys uh, a link. That shit is so fire, dude. But I'll listen. But yo, I think the next song. What's that next song, y'all? Philosopher King. Speaking yes. of trying to speaking of uh trying to be deep. <laughs> this song's that, a fucking banger, name. man. Dude, this is John, the, this is John Metz's shining moment on the whole album, man. Like, what else is uh, there to say about? this song besides that it's great it's pretty heavy like i feel like it's really you know in the pocket for for the band john absolutely kills it in this song like we get a great performance from everyone and um i really dig the beginning of the bridge where will is just kind of tapping away and then tim and matt are doing like these singular like like hits like it's almost like like a metronome type of thing the, the tempo change there bridge yeah it's a fun little you know matthew moment i like it but dude no like if anything the intro that's honestly one of the most unique intros they've done in my opinion and like the intro itself makes me think I, I, it makes me think i'm being abducted onto the mothership like it's landing and it's sucking me up and then it slams me the fuck down with that like the rest of the song like, like I don't know. I love that intro's badass. That's some dope imagery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I just thought that listening today, I was like, seriously, just that intro alone just makes me think I'm being abducted. You know, kind of like, oh, that's weird. It's, it's, I don't know, it's a dope riff. 
Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. Um, I would say like this song is like the breakdown and awkward, but like sped up and turned into a whole song because it's just, song. yeah, it's just like it's well not as like extreme as say like uh, Shark Dad or anything like that. It's definitely really, it's it no, I, w- I would say Shark Dad is definitely more balls to the wall, what like oh extreme. You know what I mean, like. What, you know, that has like a weird vibe to it that like it, I really yeah. did. So I get, I totally get what what um Ryan's saying, and I, I'm in agreement. Like where it, it is very reminiscent of the breakdown in awkward at the end, hmm. but just made into a full song. Yeah, definitely. And I feel sure, like yeah, sure. while t- while it's probably not Tillian's like strongest like chorus in the album, like he's definitely got some like bothersome. <laughs> Uh, I feel like this song definitely highlights John Mess's abilities in like the heavy realm because it's just this song smacks you in the face, man. The dissonant chords in the background, just everything about it is just. Mm. It's like yeah, it's, I, okay. Do, have you guys not- have you guys noticed that in the, the songs like this and um, uh, okay, I'm not draw or the other song titles aren't coming to mind but like any of like the heavier songs like like the songs that uh martin is in which this one isn't one of them but like i feel like yeah i feel like the chorus from tillian isn't like as good as you would get from like i don't know like a inspire the liars or or anything like that or like anything that has a poppy chorus what this like this and say hi you mean yeah and um uh, let me. I do agree. Say hi is pretty weak, and repeating the same lyric. Yeah, I've never cared for that personally. Uh, Other than that, five out of five songs, especially this one, I think. Like, like even the Rattler, you know. And I, I would say that the Rattler probably has like one of the best choruses out of the, the heavier, better ones, yeah. the heavier uh, discography of Dance Kevin Dance. But it's interesting. I don't know. Agree. But go like for for for, uh, philosopher king itself. I'd actually I I want to argue. It has some contenders, but I want to argue that this is probably like the heaviest DGD song today. I don't think Um, it's the heaviest. Nah. Oh my guy, my guy. It's a good it's a good heavy song, but is it their heaviest? Bro, okay. No. So okay, that intro, you got John Mess going. You know, he's he's killing it most of the time. Uh, so let's. Uh, and then that that so that uh, what is it like the bridge section? I don't know, but like it's like a, after a minute in, like John John screams the lyrics like friend. Then he repeats friend make my life like the first time I ever heard that, like I, I, my mind was blown. That, that that part was insane and then uh, the drums and the guitar are, like both chugging and just killing it at the same time like uh, I, yeah, I don't know man like for me this is like this this dgd song like hit me as the heaviest like i almost uh, feel like, like, me man, like you could say men of the year is like heavier than uh, it's definitely it's, it's it's like aggressive if, if you take that intro out like you're getting you're getting like almost deeper vocals from john in, in men of the year but Man of the Year is pretty aggressive, and, yeah. I, I, but heavy I'll though. I agree yes. that he goes deeper in the gut utterals in that song, but like 
the structure, everything around it, I would probably agree with David that this is easily the hardest song on the album. Yes. Oh, it's the because hardest maybe. one on the album. Yes, maybe. But I don't like. Well, I don't know. What would you I say is heavier? Like back, back to back, but something tells me that Man of the Year is a little bit heavier. But. Hmm. I feel like there's a lot of. Uh, Tillion choruses and verses in that one, and while John Mess he's, does, have he's like screaming parts. through, like almost through the whole song, like Tillion, except that, except that a uh, little intro. Oh yeah, he's pretty aggressive using vocal fry for sure through a lot of it. Like it's, it's aggressive and like definitely hard hitting and emotional and like heavy in tone and everything, but I. Uh, I don't it's know, more man. emotional, like, so I, maybe that's why I think it's heavier. But like perhaps. I said, I, like at, at the like, I don't even know when's the last that. time I listened to the song, but I feel like I'd have to listen to them back to back to be hundred percent on on my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get but it, I, I will say that you have you have me cornered right there because there's definitely more emotional weight in uh, Man of the Year. For sure, yeah, no, that's you know, that's just part of its appeal. How about that bridge? Definitely amazing. Man of the Year's bridge? No, no, no. no Man of the Year's next episode. Uh, you're right. You're right. Um, oh, yeah, like, slow your roll, man. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not sure where it should be by the bridge though. Like, what section? really pretty part the part that i talked about oh, the tapping. The, uh, yeah yeah the tapping and tillian's uh i forget what he's saying won't say that you're better yeah, tell you like that, yeah. Better. see that's that's where the the melody came back you know definitely uh, i gotta agree with the sentiment like that, that like the his main chorus like definitely it's it's weird like i've even seen some comments say like eh, like some people were like straight up like, eh, that didn't have like a, a good sense of melody at all or something. Like, you know, some people. Like, I, I really say that, like that like, part. Like, I like the, I like his, uh, I don't know, I, I kind of, I can enjoy his, his lyrics and stuff, but I don't know, like the, the melody wasn't like flowing as well as like most tracks, I'd say. Especially, I mean, on Inspire the Liars, man, like, you know, we were like gushing over that, but like here I'm like, eh, you know, I like the lyrics and stuff. <laughs> It, I lo- I like the song. It's like it's a, it's good. a great. It's a great song, but when it comes to dance, Gavin dance, I like I like the perfect blend of heavy, poppy and funky. And uh, you know, the song's just kind of sure. missing the poppy and funky. But you get you know like the chorus is fine, and you get that cool little bridge. <laughs> but like the most important part of the song is you get the heavy. You get some great John Mess stuff here. Wow. Yeah. For sure, man. That, that's I'm just realizing more and more with this track. Like this, this makes me feel like okay, this is mothership. This is you know, fr- the, this is from the album Mothership. Like it has like this weird alien, like alien ship, like vibe. Especially like like Ryan said, like the dissonant chords. Like I said with the breakdowns, like the dun dun dun. Dun, dun, dun. Like it's like, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, this this song does things to me, man. Um, like if anything, like I know y'all don't like fully agree that like, it's the heaviest, but like at most, I could say like Carve and Demo Team, like you know, might be contenders, stuff like that. Like, I don't know, what do y'all think on that? 
Definitely. I was thinking demo team, but I was like not sure if I was going to say it. Carve or demo, demo team, man. Like, hey, oh, I, I was. I was Say hi. Um. Hey. Yeah, I was also thinking say hi. That's, oh that's yeah. A, okay. Yeah. Definitely their heaviest song to say hi. I would go with say hi. I think, but demo team and carve. But I think demo team beats out carve. Interesting. I I don't know. I love both of them. So I I, I don't want to choose. <laughs> to be honest. Um. But that like honestly those four. Including no, it include like put in Shark Dad, and those are probably like my top five heavy DGD tracks. What if DGD only played their heavy stuff at a concert? That'd be cool. Um, they're like that'd be amazing. Yes. Philosopher King, would be, Demo Team, the whole crowd. Say hi, the Rattler. The Rattler. We'd probably have more casualties at Shark that DGD Dad. show than we would at a Wiggles concert. I'm just saying. Uh, be like death clock playing if anything death i'd say death uh doom and gloom's a little heavy too like not even just yet out the outro's really uh i've always liked the heavy outro for that but i, I don't know it seems pretty moody and you know you know kind of heavy in its own right i'd say i think it's a distant it's very far away from these ones though before i haven't listened to acceptance about. speech in so long that I. oh my guy I get those three songs like mixed up. Like, which one's the one oh, where? No. Which one's the one where like, it's just John like repeat, almost like repeating, saying like higher than my, higher than my, and then like That's demo team. Oh uh, yeah, I wouldn't consider that song that heavy, but demo team. Yeah, oh. I'd have to listen. I'd have to listen you to the, the whole. You thing. Demo team is pretty heavy for sure. Yeah. The only, th- the only yeah. thing I'm remembering is uh, Tillian sounding like a. Robot on auto, <laughs> or like a chip, chip. No, that's robot. that's death of a robot. Carve. Uh, that's or carve. Yeah, that's yeah, all. Carve. Yeah, carve. Yeah, it's carve. Yeah, it's carve. I squish it in my wrist while the twist it. Give it wrist. Yeah, but bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I think demo team is harder than carve for sure. But I guess we should have this conversation at another time. On acceptance speech, yes. Yeah. Which I will say though, away. going back to the doom and gloom stuff, I get doom and gloom, strawberry swisher part three, <laughs> and like <laughs> honey revenge. They all just kind of flow together for me. So Dude, even though they're all distinct, gloom. I You're love doom and gloom. I can't wait to talk about acceptance speech, yo. Yeah, we need to we need to like finish this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. That's one of my favorites. So I'm down. Yeah, let's get through uh, instant gratification my- already. <laughs> You see, audience, yeah. we have a lot to say. Oh, for sure. Um, mm. so who, but yeah. who, has, who has anything to add to Philosopher King? Philosopher King, um, yes. One thing I wanted to say was, like, I feel like it ends too abruptly. Huh. Yeah, I never got in that sense, personally. Um, like, I listen, I'm like, damn, I kind of wanted just a little bit more, like a, little, a more conclusive ending, but, you know, it's like, I guess doing an open ending ending is like all right too, but I I get um, that. I mean, it's like a three minute song with it's almost four minutes, just about, but it doesn't quite hit the four minute mark. I, yeah, I, but I it's just like a lot from dance three forty from dance Gavin dance songs, and I wonder if it has something to do with like them moving like the structure around because I felt that way about. Um, what which what was the song where I talked about the structure? Maybe it was, 
Deception. Yeah, I feel like Deception's shorter than it actually is, but it's because they throw the bridge, like, right in the middle. So then after that, it just goes to the second chorus, or the second verse, and then it, then it does a chorus after that, and then it just ends. So sometimes I think it's the way that they play with the structure that makes well, them yeah, it's, so abrupt. Well, it's, I think, it's more like the part. It's like, I don't remember if it was edited on a chorus, like a verse or a bridge, but like it, like... It like yeah. it like just felt like it ended just really abruptly, and I was like, "Damn." Well, considering that "Frozen" one is the shortest song on this album, I mean, yeah, it could have been shorter. We could have got less. I suppose we, we got we got like a, about almost. A, I guess it's not. I guess it's not really about the length. It's about like it not really feeling as conclusive as I would like it to feel. But. That's a little abstract, so we can move on. <laughs> All right, so we're moving to here, here comes, comes the, the winner. winner. Like the winner. I really, I really love that like main riff at like at the intro. Like it sounds really cool. I enjoy the entire song except the part where Tillian sings "Here Comes the Winner." Like it, I don't know, there's just something kind of like off-putting and cheesy about about it, but. <laughs> The good thing about that is that they don't repeat that. Like, they, it's kind of like a one and done thing. That could have easily been the chorus, and uh, thankfully it's not because I probably would like not like the song as much. Um, I can agree. They got they got that's because they got a way better chorus to fill in later. Anyway, so yeah. So <laughs> so Tillian hits us with some great vocals throughout the song. Like, you get that, that short falsetto when he sings cutting the bold ones down, and, like, the transition into and out of the falsetto is, like... Oh, uh, yeah. It's so, so quick, and, and so it's, smooth. like, not... It's, yeah, yeah, and so smooth, and it's not an easy thing to do. Like, Tillian and Patrick Stump from Fall Out Boy, like, they do that really well, but, like, if you ever try to just, like, sing something and go from a falsetto for like like a single word and then like try to change it right away it's like almost impossible so they it, have like it, really good technique in that i'm gonna try uh, it yeah, exactly in, in that and like i really okay. enjoy when uh when tillian and john start screaming together like in the first verse where they're they're saying it's here it's right there for you to take it all like mm-hmm. Dude, when they're like, really you know, good. just both kind of like streaming together, it's it's sick. It creates like a great moment, and um, I, like that, it's almost like one reason why I like Tillian over Kurt in Dance Scam and Dance. Like, yeah. it, like he has he has more layers to him. Like, like when when Kurt tries layers. to go hard, like when. Yeah. <laughs> uh. When Kurt tries to go hard, it almost ma- like it makes me feel bad for him. Like, oh, you're destroying your voice. Like it, it, like I don't like maybe it's his technique or whatever. But yeah, my favorite moment is when Tillian like absolutely pushes his voice like in the post-chorus. So like when he says "moments together, sell them well, sell them well." That oh, that hits so that's, hard, man. That's Tillian straight, you know, like. So, like Moses, I I agree 100%. Except like that was actually about to bring that up. 
Like this is why I'd put this like this like stuff like this this album this is kind of why I'd put Tillian above Kurt and Johnny honestly like you Johnny you know he has a great voice but I mean this is straight up switching vocal techniques and like switch you know adding you know you know he, a lot of people criticize him for like you know relying on belting and stuff like that and you know you know some people could say that same for Kurt a little bit here and there. But like Tillian, dude, he's incorporating multiple techniques and stuff, man. That's 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 skill and that's talent, man. It's great. Yeah, I think what really sets Tillian apart from Johnny is that Johnny heavily relies on like natural talent, and yeah, um, uh, Tillian is really technical. Like even when they're not, you know, when they're not recording, like he still books. Uh, like studio appointments to just work on his vocals yeah and it's like constantly doing that so you know like he's like a badass for sure mm -hmm. um in an interview will said that this song's about reality tv show competitions and once you like read hmm. through the lyrics it, it makes sense yeah which yeah. ones like, kind of like the bachelor and and all and all that shit like the if thing anything, like the voice the voice and all that stuff if it, it kind of made me think of like politics and stuff like that to look good to you know the fans and to appeal you know being self self-aware and all that looking like you know looking so poised and so self-aware and all that yeah but that like that stuff you have to do and like those singing reality tv shows and shit oh for sure for sure Image is everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and do you want to say what you got to say, David or, or Ryan? Who wants to go next? I mean, I'd be willing to let Ryan go. Oh, you're willing? You're willing? You better be. I'm just kidding. Um, yes, I allow I, it. I'll say it right now. This Here Comes the Winner is easily, hands down, without a shadow of doubt, with a tear in my eye, this is the best dance game of dance song ever made. What the fuck? Hey, that's high hmm. praise, my guy. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I love Open Your Eyes and Look North. I love yes. Paul Barker. Those are my two favorite from the other two guys. But here comes the yeah, winner. Yeah, I like those ones better. Fair. I, no one cares, Cash. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to say that this song is infinitely accessible like it shows you everything mm. that dance gavin can do dance gavin dance can do aside from like a rapping verse it's got the highest highs it's got your lowest lows it's got the sick riffs it's got tillian and john screaming on top of each other over like a double bass pedal like there's a lot of harmony in the yeah exactly and it's it's to me it's like my favorite tillian era song like I just I love it to death. It's one of the few one of the few songs I like know all the lyrics for both singers too. It'd be this one and turn off the lights and watching Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, um, the best one. This song is just one of my like absolute favorite songs by them. And um, lyrically, yeah, it's definitely got that the voice American Idol like look on it. You know, I can I can understand like band dudes getting kind of like pissy with that stuff because it's just like. 
they grind through bluegrass movement <laughs> to try to get their records sold and you know get on stage mm-hmm. and then you got all these people that sign up for a reality show just to get like embarrassed in front of crowds just for the hope of fame and uh celebrity when yeah now got, one of them's the singer of slaves hey their name's not gonna be slaves here in a little bit redacted, redacted. It's redacted. <laughs> <laughs> they really should just call themselves redacted that'd be hilarious that'd be redacted's the name of a band but you can keep going but um yeah like um i love everything that's going on i love the the the, just the slick riffs i love the drums i love the bass i just i feel like all the pieces are working together and they're just they've conjured something in this song that's just like i feel like it's like a show-off piece for everybody involved like everybody gets their own little moment to show off like what they do to the best of their ability and whether it be John Mess's rapid fire delivery or just like the synchronization between the guitar and bass or just fucking Matt Mingus doing what Matt Mingus does and just like tear apart his drum set for our ears to enjoy. Um, I'm just like, yeah, it's like a 10 out of 10 song for me. I could be here all day just ranting and raving about it, but I'll pass it off. Who wants to go next? Oh, well, I was going to say there are seven bands name redacted on spotify not including dj what? redacted <laughs> yeah nice but no, like honestly ryan like yeah it's definitely like not my favorite favorite or anything like that but like not even close it, yeah it, but it's got all the elements you know it's got all the stuff and it's topped off with like a badass chorus i you know i can get it man good sh- you know good, not a not a bad pick at all good shit so I definitely, I, I definitely regard it as like some one of the top tier songs, you know. I don't know. But maybe not my top five on this album, so that's the thing. <laughs> but all right, yeah, yeah, y'all hit all my points, so y'all can move on. Wait, do we? What? Uh, do we Unless know your wanna... points? No, I, y'all like we hit it. I didn't really have that many points, and y'all pretty much hit everything that I was gonna talk oh, about. Oh, okay. Exposed. Um. I mean, yeah, this is easily, like, I know I said Here Comes the Winter is, like, accessible to, like, w- to give people, like, a feel of what Dance Gavin Dance, like, is. But I feel like Exposed is probably easily one of the, uh, a song that you could show to anybody. You could show it to somebody that doesn't even listen to, like, post-hardcore, swancore, heavy music in general. And they'd be like, well, that was kind. Like, you know. Um, yeah. Funny story this, about this- that. Um, I was going to say this song makes me sad, not because of the lyrical content or the song or anything, but like I saw an interview with Matt Migas and he said that he thought this song was going to be like a mainstream hit, like it was going to be like on rock radio and stuff like that. And he was pissed that it wasn't going to be. And I was like, I kind of, I could totally see it making that. So I was really just going to say they didn't push it as a single though. So. No. Yeah, that's true. Like it, they they did, yeah. But I don't know. Like when you think of like the main songs that are that are on like rock radio that are like the you know the chart toppers, none of them really sound like this. So I really wouldn't see it as being that kind of song. Well, I mean, I don't think it sounds like that. Like it doesn't sound like Imagine Dragons or stuff like that. But it sounds like 
pilot. It's definitely accessible, and it's like that could definitely. I think it could definitely be on alt rock station for sure. It's it's accessible. For sure. I, like I definitely don't think it would be a huge radio radio hit. Like I think a song, almost a song like Blood Wolf had a better chance. If it, well, I don't think I don't think it would be a radio hit. I think he wanted it to be a song that got radio play. Was a thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe he did want to be. I don't know what exactly what he's saying in the interview, but yeah. I mean, with that being said, like I, I think the song is like absolutely beautiful. Like that mm-hmm. guitar riff, uh, like in the intro and the verses. Like I don't know. It just gets me. Like it, it almost brings a tear to my eye. Kind of like <laughs> here comes the winner, brings a tear into uh, Ryan's eye. Hilly's <laughs> voice almost sounds like angelic in in this whole song and uh like the band has a like handful of like ballad type type of songs but this one is easily like the closest to like a traditional uh ballad the song just really resonates with me the lyrics are light-hearted but have some depth to them at the same time um i find the whole song endearing and sincere even like i mean it kind of sucks that that John um, isn't in the song, but it's like one of my favorites, and I think it stands out because John's not in it, but he is missed. Mm-hmm. Um, also, See, like you can you uh, can really hear the the bass. Um, they bring it into the forefront for the verses. There yeah. isn't too much going on, so they kind of just let it uh like. I don't know, bring, yeah, they bring the bass to the forefront and kind of let it take over as, like, the main instrument. Yeah, that was a good choice. But, like, if anything, I, I, I gotta agree with uh, Cash. Like, I was about to say, like, uh, I could see this song doing really well, like, uh, especially on, like, an, I could see this being on, like, an alternative station or something like that. And it, it would have done really well if they pushed it as a single. And, uh, hot take, unpopular opinion, but I would have I, I, I like the song more than Betrayed by the Game. Like, I would listen to this first. I mean, play. it's my favorite song on the album, so yeah, I would definitely. <laughs> oh, wow, really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's basically the song I listen to the most. It's off this album. Wow, that, yeah, that's. Uh, but I'm also, like, not that into this really. album either. So, so many people rank that as, like, the worst song, possibly in, you know, history, you know, for DGD. Exposed. Yeah. yeah, we I should mean, expose I, them. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me because like a majority of of the listeners are into more heavier stuff. Um, so I guess I, like I would understand why the that's song cool. is disappointing to them. But like that's I, cool. you know, I started out listening to like pop punk and emo, and I like a lot of pop. So to me, like I, I feel like this is a strong song, but. At the same time, I definitely don't see it on, like, I don't know, going that far on, like, radio-wise. Cause, I, I mean, mean I, I think it would get play, and that would be for sure. good enough for them. But, I agree. It's, but actually, I don't know, I think it could get it could get play on radio, actually. Because, like, it's just a really pretty song, and it sounds good, and it's like... And the way this out al- this album chart like did so well, like I think it could like it could have actually it probably could have like catapulted the song even higher if it was a single. 
I mean, so. there's a lot of songs that are that are pretty that don't even make it a radio. So. Well, yeah, that's, Matt, uh, that's very know, true. Man. But this is also a pretty made a pretty huge band, though. I mean, I don't know about pretty huge, but they don't. You know, they're definitely blowing up, and they're you know they're definitely one more of a presence now. Dance, going to dance. I mean, like like one of the biggest, if not the biggest band. I don't know. Maybe not the biggest, but it's like yeah, like. I'd love to think that, but <laughs> I mean, like they I think they're pr- they're pretty big though. Like, what, like them? Bring me the horizon, and like, who else is bigger is as big as them? I mean, as I those think, two. I mean, I don't I don't know if this is for sure because I don't listen to the band, but like, I feel like a lot of casuals like I prevail. So I'm assuming that they're Ooh, on. I prevail radio. gets radio play. <laughs> yeah, and their I mean, stuff is way worse than exposed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why it's on the radio, because only shitty stuff gets played on the radio. Unfortunately, as much as you all want to, like, compare, like, Dance Gavin Dance to Bring Me Out of the Horizon, I think in terms of, like, fame and notoriety, the only ones in our scene that come close to Bring Me the Horizon in terms of popularity would be uh, Falling in Reverse, who has, like, 13 oh. <laughs> million listeners on Spotify, which is, like, 13 times more than Dance Gavin Dance. We really need to stop about from falling to reverse and escaping the fate because both, <laughs> both of the oh, bands wow. best bands in this genre. No, escape the fate is good. The first album is good. Everything else Never. sucks. But I'm totally wrong on falling reverses uh, numbers. There's only uh, it's a, it's a just under three million. I don't know where I got thirteen. I guess I oh. yeah. All right, so but I was Almost thinking maybe times, maybe a day to remember might be up there, but I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, remember somewhat big. They they were on a fucking marshmallow song. Yeah, yeah. So. Wow. I remember it's got four million listeners, so they're bigger than Falling in Reverse. So, but Bring Me the Horizon, if we're since we're comparing, like who cares? I know we're talking <laughs> about it though. <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about exposed. What it, about it's exposed? like based off the conversation. We're talking about radio hits. You, yeah. we're, we're fighting in favor of Cash being right that Exposed would be popular. And I agree. I think it would be popular. I just think the problem would be just getting it to those ears to listen to it. You know what I mean? But it's like Dance Gavin Dance. <laughs> it's yeah. like I, I bet you whoever runs the alternative stations, except for maybe like, like whoever is – I don't know exactly how it works, but whoever is curating like the – Whatever they're putting on there probably is aware of Dance Gavin Dance. Yeah, Every, everyone should uh, should call into your uh, local Latin X radio station and request Calentamiento Global. Do it. Yeah. Definitely. Andele, yeah, andele. Get that on the radio. All of them, because you know that you've got multiple ones in your in. Well, actually, I don't know, because I'm from Texas, y'all are from California. Maybe they don't have multiple Latin stations all over the country. California, yes, they do. Why well, not? Like in your, but like I don't know if like say Nebraska, for example, or most Well, Florida probably does because Cuba and Puerto Rico. But like I don't know if you go into like Ohio and getting multiple Latin stations. I get that. But like everywhere else, you got like three. Me personally, yeah, I get that. Does anyone have anything else to say about uh, exposed before we move yeah. on? Yeah, real quick, just 
that chorus though, like when 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 Killian said, "As all my secrets start to show," I felt that, like literally just like the way, just that line alone, like it has a lot of emotion, and I don't know, like it always hit me like, I don't know. You but know why? Because of Tim or because uh, of uh, Matt's drumming. Yep. <laughs> He's just building I mean, yeah, it like, up. Yeah, I like yeah, I like the the strumming pattern and the, the beat of it. You know, yeah, if, yeah, it's just well put together chorus. Yeah, if anything, that chorus alone, like you know, I, I feel like you know more normie people, you know, appreciate that too. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess the two things I want to say is that like. The one part of the song I don't like is the very, very beginning of it. The dee 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 or whatever, like the guitar <laughs> part. That's go oh, home, home Cash. Go home. That's <laughs> awesome. That's no, such it's a not. cool riff, man. I love that effect. Everything about it is awesome. It's kind of like a like a wonky world of like when the Beatles started like messing around with like weird sound effects. It's just kind of got that like wonkiness to it that I just I like that Dance Gavin Dance puts in the Beatles. All right, sure, whatever. Um, Stop hating old music, <laughs> Moses. <laughs> right? The Beach Boys are going to find you, Moses, and they're going to beat the shit out of you with soap bars inside of pillowcases. With uh, surfboards. Anything, <laughs> anything that came out before 1988 sucks. Yeah, but how old are they? Bro, you just, you just like totally just like shit on the 80s. Yeah. I hate you. yeah, that's so lame, man. <laughs> Terrible take. <laughs> now Billy Idol is just gonna come show up and just beat the shit out of you with like oh, his hair gel. Billy Let's uh. Horny, Billy what Billy the Idol. Billy Idol. Kind of corny, but like whatever. He's fun as fuck. I saw him once. Billy um, the man. I saw him once in a too. punk band before. Yeah. He was Billy in Idol uh, was... Generation X. Yep. Wait, wait. So what about Billy Eilish? Billy Idol, not Billy exactly. Oh. Exactly, Billy <laughs> Eilish is more edgier than Billy Idol. Well, okay, <laughs> fine, but like, who cares? I'm, I'm just, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really care about who's edgier in the situation because that's not what Billy Idol was going for. Punk rock and hardcore from the '80s was dope, though. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, like Motown shit came out before '88, so that shit was cool too. Mm-hmm. Don't get your fucking panties in a bunch. Damage control over uh, here. You the- old yeah. music you is can- cool. He just hates old music from white people. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I zoned out, but I just heard white people. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one well, last no, thing I, I want to talk about, if y'all are ready, or we can keep talking about this, because this is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go into recent listens. Wait, 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 there's <laughs> one more thing I want to talk about in the song that I don't think we took, talked about enough, and that's, like, Will's guitar tone on it, like, the really fuzziness. Yeah, I thought that was cool. You like to see it, man. I like yeah. it. Yeah. You I love it. Want to mention, talk about the guitar tone or not? We done? All right. Well, yeah, yeah. So, If I Die First released their debut single, Where Needles and Lovers Collide. I like it. It's a good song. Um, it sounds a lot crispier and, and fresher 
than it did in, in like the EP that we got because we got to listen to the whole thing. Um, Humble brag. Yeah, yeah. To the whole thing prior, you know, like a month prior before it comes out. I, I think this is a solid choice for their debut single. I, I do like, um, what's the name of the song? Something about Is It Me or Your Secrets that keep you up at night. I like that song a little bit better. But, yeah, the, the song's kind of high octane and it hits all those kind of like post-hardcore checkboxes from like the MySpace scene day eras. What do you guys think? Um, one thing was funny was I think some Twitter account, like scene Twitter account said they, um, they were recommending the song and they said, it's, they said comparison pierced the veil. <laughs> that was... The only reason I, I would okay, it's because the like Lotus is like yeah the vocals like way more high pitched than he is in like his regular stuff. Um, but there's so way better be, comparisons than that though. It, yeah, yeah yeah for sure for sure it'll be interesting to watch them perform this in a live setting. Like are they gonna I don't know try to go maybe like like play like an octave lower or is he really gonna go that high like for these six songs because he, he sings pretty high throughout all of them uh one, one thing that i will say is that amongst the accounts and people that were shouting out the band and and promoting the single so what festival uh we shouting them out and that was that was a really cool festival that that they had in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, I always wanted to go and never got to go. <laughs> I, I went I went the, the two years that that I lived in Texas and Dance Gavin Dance played at both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the last one Under Oath played uh they were only chasing safety from like you know, beginning to end and that was like I don't know, amazing. Like I relived my teenage years. So it was cool. Yeah. I would say um, structurally and like sonically, I think this song is like, um, I don't know if you guys ever listened to a Skylight Drives, Wires, and the Concept of Breathing, but they got that's like actually, similar. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking of, but I didn't want to make the comparison because I thought it might yeah. be out of pocket. <laughs> oh, no. I, I would say like with that really high end range vocals mm-hmm. that they have. I would say, like, it sounds, like, the vocally, it sounds a little more like Jordan Blake era. Like, uh, kind of that, like, high, like, supersonic range, but with, like, the way the filters are on it, it kind of makes it sound like a synth a little bit. But I would say it's a lot better than Wires and the Concept of Breathing, because to me, Jag is kind of like uh, Kellen Quinn in uh, Sleeping with Sirens, where they're just in this little high-range area where I'm just kind of like... Oh, that's a little that's a little grating a little bit, but I feel like if I die first kind of has this sweet tone that they like put their hands in the pocket of, and then I just I really enjoy it. Yeah, like sleeping. I feel like sleeping with sirens would have been a greater band if they like fully committed to like the scene era post hardcore sound. But they yeah, kind I of, agree with that. They kind of went away from that and like they just ended up sounding cheesy as shit <laughs> fucking cheese balls uh, oh you love your cheese balls man <laughs> doesn't like macaroni and cheddar. cheese 
<laughs> is this true? Um, does anybody else have anything to add to if I die first? I don't know if Gabe. I do like that Sleeping with Sirens comparison too. I just was not gonna say it, but like their early stuff, it kind of sounds like that. But but yeah, I feel like when they had tests, like there's better comparisons. But like also, we should probably well, talk about the actual. Well, a lot of brought up Broadway. Um. The guitar riff and like there, there's kind of like a breakdown towards the end that are very reminiscent to what Underoath was doing uh, during their only chasing safety. And you kind of like, you can't. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Pop punk feel. Yeah. And you definitely uh, like so from first to last comparison is definitely. Can tell that these are fans of the band. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Travis Richter is a fan of From First to Last. Uh, he's like the biggest fan they have, man. He's he's in the band and he has all their merch and he, he he's always posting about them. It's like he was in the band at one point. Like having having li- like having listened to like the whole EP. Like obviously, there's comparisons to From First to Last there but i don't think it's as close of a comparison as people would think it is like yeah. first of us really did some interesting shit musically that oh yeah that they really love they love like those odd time signatures and stuff letting a song go on a little longer or longer or letting those intros go on for like a five count or like a seven count instead of like you know they just yeah. drag stuff like a little the, bit those lead guitar riffs that that uh, matt would come up with like they're just really interesting and they like really stand out like i don't know like in writing the wings up and, and stuff yeah. like that um so I would say that if I die first, they're great, love them, but like, I definitely think that they need to like polish it up a little bit more and and maybe try to do some stuff that that really stands out, you know. I don't know, man. Right. That Ned song, nine one one one. I think that was gonna blow everybody away. So that song is great, and like I said, the the song that's after this one where Ned actually sings the chorus. That stands out because it like like in this whole like era of like in any post hardcore there isn't really any kind of chorus that's kind of a low and dreamlike like almost like he like he told me that that he was channeling mineral and I forget what other band uh, it almost sounds kind of like like armor for sleep what you do when or not what you do when you're dead, but dream like dream to make believe in the middle of a post hardcore like screamo song, which is really cool. Alright. Anything else? No. So uh, I guess we'll move on to Adventure Club with Yeah, Tillian. that Adventure Club. Um I don't know, have you guys ever heard of Captain Cuts? Captain Cuts? Captain yeah. Kurtz. Yeah. No, Captain Cuts is like these DJs from LA, I think, and they do like these huge, like hour-long mixes um, where they mix like EDM songs with like emo and pop punk songs. Like, like you'll have like a script. Like they'll take like the beat of a Skrillex song and or um, 
what, what was that group he he started with Diplo? Um, oh, Jack, are you Jack talking? You? Jack U and Diplo? Yeah, Jack U, Jack U. Yeah. So they yeah. would take like like a Skrillex beat or Jack U, and then they would they would add like the vocals from like Paramore, Panic at the Disco, Thinking Back Sunday, and like they were really the first group that kind of did that on a big scale. Um, so I, I think that that Adventure Club was kind of taking from that like playbook, like hey, let's mix these kind of like underground alternative songs. Well, with EDM. I feel like Adventure Club's always done kind of stuff like this before, but yeah, they did a Taking Back Sunday one with a different singer, but no, they did they definitely didn't do it to the scale that that they just did it and. Okay. Uh, yeah, like I. Like, I mean, I've listened to them before, but like not like really deeply, and so I, I was kind of like. I'm a big Adventure Club fan, and I have like, like seven inches of like like vinyl that are like super rare. That's how into them I am. So, like they they've definitely done a lot of cool stuff, but like to like branch out and and play like and add like. Taking Back Sunday or stuff into their mixes, like I, I would say that what was that Captain Cut to kind of get that first for sure. Anyway, but anyway, so cool. Are um, you well, sure? Are you sure, Moses? Because I'm about to prove you wrong again. Do you remember this little thing called the Legion of Doom? Okay. <laughs> yes, the Legion of Doom did it, but it wasn't yes, from the Justice the scale. It wasn't to the scale that that uh captain cuts did it and they mixed two they most of the time they were mixing two emo songs together so they would take like okay they would give you instrumentals i was gonna bring up legion of doom but i figured that you would be the only person that that would even know who they were (laughs) you know me so well shout out uh from first to last or not from first to last from autumn to ashes because i believe it was a guitar player who started the Legion of Doom. Nice. Yeah. So, That's cool. anyways, what were the two songs on the Adventure Club song? On the Adventure Club song? Was it uh, Inspire the Liars and Betrayed by the Game? Yes. Yeah. Huh. Perfect timing for this, too, right? Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. Like, I, I liked hearing Dance Gavin dance in an EDM setting. It was fun. I wish it was longer, too, like, or that they mixed more songs. But hopefully that's something that that we get to hear more in the future. Mm-hmm. We're gonna put John to work. Just playing. I, I gotta say, oh, I, I would, really... I would, I would <laughs> love to hear John's like screaming and like a like I don't know, kind of like a Steve Aoki vibe song. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be interesting. That'd be dope. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Marshmallow would go that far, but. I mean, he's done it. He's done it with stuff with a day to remember and some other pop punk stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. Steve Aoki's done it. Like Steve Aoki has screamed in his own songs. Like he used to be in hardcore punk bands before mm-hmm. he started doing okay. the eat stuff. Nice. I was gonna like Adventure Club. Like I really like what they did. Like they got on my radar when Craig Owens was doing some stuff with them. He had a song with them with Bad X Channels, and he did a variation of um, Words Best friends redefined with them and like i 
I I didn't know what to expect with the Dance Gavin Dance one, but I will say I was pleasantly surprised, and I actually I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah Adventure Adventure Club is sick. Been listening to them since like I don't know 2012. Definitely check out their Calling All Heroes EP. That shit was dope. Um, do we want, do we want to talk about the new Skrillex and Kanye West together or? Sure. I mean, first of all, it's a Ty Dollar sign. He's like the main artist. Yeah. And wrote it. He he's uh, worked uh, he's worked with both artists before, I believe. He was on a on a Skrillex song, and he's worked a lot with Kanye, uh, FKA Twigs. Yeah, that was. Oh, there's someone else on it too. FKA Twigs. He's on it too. They're sick. I, there's actually one more uncredited feature, but I don't. It's nobody important. So, shout out to them though. Not yet. Good job on. Good job on getting on that song. But Kanye. Yes, uh, future president Kanye, right? I mean, I like the song. It was it was great. Like I like that beat. It's very reminiscent to the um to that little pump little pump Kanye song. Mm-hmm. Like the boo doom boom. Um You're I don't such know. A I really fucking hoe. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Kanye's verse was kind of I don't know, kind of weak tight like tight all the time, but like definitely got the better of that song but i agree but for kanye it was like i said it it was better than that other single he dropped with uh travis scott like that shit was borderline annoying but kanye used to be a great artist so shout out to him yeah he was uh 808s and heartbreaks like changed my life man um jesus was like probably the last good thing he i guess he put out i'd say but um so, so R.I.P. Kanye. Fingers and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. In my well, opinion, that, his best well, my dark best twisted fantasy came out before Yeezus, but um, what was I gonna say? Oh, Do I y'all think it. he's going to be dropping something soon, like an album? I I mean I don't know, cause is he is he sticking to like the Christian stuff? Well, no, he just. Oh, well, I mean, I, maybe, but, like, he's, like, he announced he's running for president or whatever, and so sounds like he's trying to hype an album, maybe, but who knows. Or, hi- or hype the fact that he's running for president. That's true. Hype a campaign. But, you know. Which I don't know how I feel about that, but I don't know. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Um, yeah, I guess that's the all the big stuff we all. Was it really that big? Here. I don't think. No. So. Well, <laughs> it was huge. I'm sure we'll forget about this Kanye song pretty soon, and not as long as Skrillex is on it. Mm, I don't know. Skrillex can be kind of forgettable too. He hasn't really done anything. Skrillex fell off. Um, yeah, it's like. There was a reason behind that. I mean, he's been doing a lot of one-off singles, but what was that? What was that uh, album that came out after the bangering? Um, recess. I don't remember. Recess. No, it wasn't recess. It was the one with the alien on it or whatever. That's recess. Is, Is that it? recess? Okay. 
That's his first full length album. Mm-hmm. He's only he's only known for like doing EPs and stuff. He's never yeah. really been a album guy. Which that I mean that kind of falls short. Yeah. You know, from like the expectations that you got from from It wasn't Skrillex. a game change. It wasn't as big of a game changer as Scary Monsters and Sprites was. Yeah. I'll give you. And I guess everything after after that just kind of felt not that memorable and it kind of continues well, no, to not feel that memorable. Well, no, because Jackie was amazing. Jackie was big. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't that... I mean, Jackie was cool at the time, but I don't, like, I don't listen to Jackie now, so... I don't know, man. Purple Lamborghini with Rick Ross was pretty fucking sick. Oh, yeah. No, no it's not. <laughs> Where um, the uh, Suicide Squad... Was it Suicide Squad? That's not Maybe. But... Well, what his have you guys mode, been listening to? <laughs> his Sicko Mode uh, remix was dope, though. Yeah. I mean, he's he's in movies now, man. What can you do? <laughs> what movies has he been in? Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> okay. He was in I Wreck-It mean, Ralph, bro. I didn't know that. All right, well. I didn't know that either. Cinema I mean, was I, a cool little vibe, too. Yeah, I love that song. So shout, out, shout out, Skrillex. You know, thanks, Skrillex. <laughs> we'll be listening. We love you, Sonny Moore. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh yeah. <laughs> so what we've been listening to, like I said, I was back on my Spawn Four shit. I was listening. I've been listening to Animal Jam, House of Leaves, Wolf and Bear. Like, if you really want to hear Tim's chops, obviously listen to Wolf and Bear. The bass isn't as buried. In the Wolf and Bear songs, as it is in most uh, DGD songs. Um, I was also listening to Oranges. Uh, this I forget where they're from, but they released their debut album, Taxonomy, on Blue Swan back in 2015. And I think Man, they stopped they... being active in 2017, but the album still holds up. It, it was great. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they broke up, like, almost immediately after, it seemed like, but... Yeah, some some way or another, I feel like we, or at least I bring up Ben Rosette every week. He dropped a new album. Most of it is made up of the singles he's been putting out this year and last year. I guess that's why, because it seems like almost every week he was dropping a single. Happy Hour, they put out their live sessions EP. It's only three songs, but they have a cool little track with Andres on it. And they uh, covered "Summertime" by by uh, Will Smith's kid, Jaden. Yeah, good song. Um, Sounds great. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I would check it out, and hopefully we can get them on the podcast soon. I'll have to talk to Eric. Uh, so, good friends of the podcast, Trapped. They put out their new <laughs> album. <laughs> they put out their new album, Shadow Work. So I had to check it out. And I should start off by saying that I haven't listened to anything they've put out since uh, that album that had Headstrong originally. But yeah, um, I don't know, dude. The thought, like, there's some semi bangers in in the album, but most of it sounds like what I'd picture Bon Jovi if he was still putting out music today. Oh, oh, geez. oh geez. like it's bad. It's bad. Well, it's uh, bon Jovi does still put out music, so you could compare them. Oh, you geez. really felt like it. Why? It's, Who is letting Bon Jovi still put out music? 
Yeah, right? <laughs> um, the guy's a musician. He just wants to make music. Good for him. Shout out Bon Jovi. <laughs> On the playlist. We're halfway oh. there, bro. <laughs> um, let's see. I've been listening to this artist named No Love for the Middle Child. Uh, he put out this three-song EP, and I, I don't know. It's kind of a cool little vibe, like, it's like a blend of pop punk, indie rock, and like EDM production. So, like, I don't know. I think he's like a newer artist that's taking all of his influences and putting it together. Um, I don't know. I've also checked out Dream Wife. They're in. They're an all female fan that mixes garage punk with indie rock as well, and. I don't know. They kind of sound like a blend of Joan Jet, Metric, the sounds in the crib. Um, I don't know. The name caught my eye, so I decided to check them out. And like the first song on their album was like it was supposed to sound ironically bad, but certain parts of it was like kind of cringe. But I don't know. I'm glad I kind of decided to like li- like keep listening because. I don't know, like, the rest of the songs on the album are pretty cool. Um, yeah. Spearbox released a song called Holy Roller, and yeah. the music looks pretty cool. Like, it looks like that uh, movie Mid- Midsommar. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, I really dug the song. It sounds like a good version of what Bring Me the Horizon is trying to do. Because they're... <laughs> Not executing it very well. Um, Other than that, I've been listening to I Met a Yeti, same side, which is Kevin from the Story So Far's side project. It's got great chill vibes. And then this DJ producer from New York named Prince Fox. Um, And that's basically it for me. Prince Fox. Interesting. Nice stuff, man. What you got, David? Oh, shoot, man. Um, what, is, what we got here? Uh, so, this is, what is this? There's this one single called A Betting Man by So Soon The Truth. And, uh, shoot, uh, it's just, a, it's, it's a cool little uh, post-hardcore track. You know, it's got a nice cool little uh, breakdown, some, like, cool chords. I don't know. It's a track to check out a betting man you know just you know just give it a shot um there's also this one classical song actually uh, a sparrow alighted upon our shoulder by johan johansson like i don't know yeah you know that's a little bit different you know in classical music but it's a nice song um i found it literally just by going through the for you and the like for apple apple music you can uh find music categorized categorized and stuff like that and that's that's basically how i find it a nice little track if you're uh looking for something different um i've been listening to a lot of hail the sun especially uh their track human target practice you know some would deem that song more relevant you know in these these times i feel like that song has all that song was already on our on our playlist recently you know what? It probably was actually. But shoot, just shout out to that track. It's really good. Um, scrolling through more. I've been listening to a crap ton 
of Satori by I the Mighty. Uh, I I know I put them I put them as a a song in the playlist yesterday, but like you know I didn't talk about them, but like I've li- been listening a bit more, and yeah, it's honestly one of my favorite. Satori is probably one of my favorite like post hardcore albums. Like you know they're up there for me. You know tracks like uh, Speak to Me, Failures, Ivy, Four Letter Words. You know, shout out to I the Mighty, one of my favorite bands. Uh, let me see. Uh, shoot, and I know y'all got me to listen to a lot, kind of some a lot of older bands. Like, uh, I mean, for instance, like Fall Out Boy, but like their older stuff. And like you know, that was interesting. I've mainly been introduced to their newer stuff, like the newer age. Like 2010s and up stuff, you know. Um, but I, w- I went back and listened to uh, "Take This to Your Grave," the you know 2003 album. Yes. And it is it's def- definitely goes more hard, definitely more my speed. Uh, I like the song "Saturday." I don't know, like. That <laughs> has like, screaming in it too. Yeah, um, I was surprised. "Take This to Your Grave" is like top tier pop punk mm-hmm. for sure. I feel like we put that on last week's playlist, so. Put on every week, basically. Probably half the playlist I take this to I'm your grave. Sure, I'm sure they have a different song from the same era we could still put in there. Actually, I put the song I put on for last week was wasn't that one though. It was from from Art of the Court Tree. So we're good. Yeah. A great album. Yeah, dude, I enjoyed it. Pretty decent listen. Have a given that. Yeah, uh, probably gotta listen to that, you know, later stuff after that. Um, what is it? I listen, you know, I listen to more from first to last. Actually, shout them out a bit more. Oh, Did you check anything out. else out? What album were you listening to? Well, like I know y'all talked about it. Like uh, y'all brought up the song like "Kiss Me, I'm Contagious." You know, right. Ryan, of course, making his memes and stuff like that. You know, and it got me to re-listen that track. And, yeah, it's it's come back. It's like a you know another like one of my favorites on the album. Like good stuff. If anything, you know, I know y'all are bigger fans, but like, what would y'all recommend? Like, okay, you know, I've heard some, you know, I've heard like a few albums from the early stuff, but like, what would y'all recommend for like later stuff? Like maybe? If you have, if you haven't checked out Heroin, I would recommend that because it has Ross Robinson producing it, and I have Wes Borland, okay. the guitar player from Limp Biscuit, as the bass player, and it's probably one of the most aggressive post-hardcore band, post-hardcore albums. There ain't nothing else that sounds like it, but if you haven't checked out Self-Titled or Thrown to the Wolves by From First to Last, that's the Matt Good era, and it's definitely, mwah, it's bellissimo. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, Dead Trees um, isn't too bad either. Yeah, Dead Trees is amazing. Don't don't ask Moses, though. <laughs> if you, you want to hear a different singer um, sing Ride the Wings of Pestilence and Note to Self, definitely check Ooh. out uh, and the latest plague, and yeah, and, the, and, and the latest plague, and sing uh, it correctly. Check out, check out Dead Trees, and like the guy is technical, but he is lacking that I don't tone. know that tone, something that Sonny has that that makes yeah. him like stand out and so great. I agree, yeah. but like the music, I think was very good on it. So. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll have to check yeah. it out again because I've been meaning to. You could um, do that. Check out in fear and faith. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that too. Um, that kind of remind like 
thinking about Dead Trees, like, it came out in 2015. And, like, I guess, may, I don't think I was really listening to the metalcore that much at that point. But, like, do y'all remember the release of it? Because I didn't really pay attention yeah, that much. I, don- I donated to the Patreon so I could uh, get a copy of it. Unfortunately, my... Uh my tier and the Patreon, not the Patreon, Kickstarter, my tier and the Kickstarter got revoked. So I ended up just paying for it and not getting anything out of it, but it was happy. I was happily to send money to that. It took them like a year and a half to release it after the Kickstarter, but it, I will say that dead trees did not get the acclaim or attention that it deserved. It kind of fell underneath everybody's radar. It's because of the singer. You would think the opposite, though, because Periphery is huge. As much as you want to hate on them, like they're they're massive. They're big. They're a big band. Like there's a reason why the DGD invited them to the first one fest. Yeah, I don't know, man. I they're, get it. They're not my I get thing. It. I get it. It's okay. It's okay to not. It's not your thing. But uh, if I, um, if David, I was to recommend if, some some from first to last stuff that's not on uh, that that first album i would say grits from thrown to the wolves is great and i'll inoculate the world with the virus of something, something. my disillusionment yeah yeah so, that one's on thrown to the wolves too yeah if you're gonna listen to something from self-titled i would go with uh beheaded marathon man or deliverance or two is I was one is great also two is one yeah two so is one great a- I think that was the first single that they dropped. Yeah, it's, that's a little I more pop liking, liking it a lot. I liked it better than Worlds Away. I love sure. Worlds Away. That song's amazing. Eh. I was once lost. I was once lost, but now I'm profound. Is another great one from Self Titled. But yeah, good. David, if you're finished, I could go next on what we've been listening to. Yeah, man, take the floor. All right. So other than uh, listening to uh, Live, Love, Die Every Day of My Life by In Fear and Faith, um, I've been listening to a lot of Synthwave recently. Um, I just love me some Synthwave. I love feeling like I'm trapped in the 80s, you know, unlike Moses. Uh, Synthwave uh, can be pretty cool, though. Yeah, Synthwave's fucking dope. I just love the... It's just vibey. Real vibey music. You know, it just gives... It's like perfect, like, driving at night music kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and, it, and it's taking elements from the 80s and making it better. better. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, what, what band, actually? I've been listening to know. Ghost. It's like... it. It's I, I'm sure it's pronounced Ghost, but there's no H. It's G-O-S-T. They have this song that's called Era. G-A-R-R-U-T-H or Garuth, whatever it is. It's kind of like a dark grind like synthwave song. It sounds like borderline like a grindcore instrumental with synths on it. But it's it's amazing. I don't know if I've ever recommended it for this podcast before, but shit, man, it needs to be on there once again if it is. But uh, other than that, um, there's this song from the Red Dead Redemption 2 soundtrack that I'm just I'm just hung up on two years later after the game's out. It's called uh, Tabletop by David uh, Lanois. It's it's a beautiful little bluesy, uh, reverby. Just the tone on the guitar is just amazing. It's very somber. Very, it just puts you in a mood, and it's just I, I love it. I always come back to it. Um, back on the my synthwave though i've also listened to this band called uh, turbo slash they have this song called rush that just 
Uh, it's up there with Carpenter Brett's Turbo Killer with just high octane, like in your face kind of thrill. But other, my other options in my synthwave category that I've been listening to would be uh, Dance with the Dead. They have this amazing, just awesome song called Invader that just it it gets you hyped. I love I love synthwave, but I love it when it gets me amped. I love high octane synthwave. I don't know if the, there's a different genre listing for the more up tempo stuff. But uh, other than that, in the post hardcore umbrella, I uh, I was listening to uh, Cute Is What We Aim For's uh, Rotation album, which which has like. Uh, Doctor, which features Burt McCracken of the Used or uh, Practice Makes Perfect. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Oh wow, that's a big ass fireworks. Anywho, I'm a big ass fan of that album just because John Feldman kind of like perfected like Cute is What We Aim for as a band. Whereas I feel like A Fever You Can't Sweat Out was more driven vocally and lyrically, and the backing band was kind of just there. Uh, so it is what we aim for. Um. I just want to add, like, they're great. Their fans are, are cringy, and, like, they were borderline kind of cringy, but, damn, they, like, they had really good melodies. Like, mm-hmm. their songs were catchy as hell. Very smart, witty lyrics, too. Like, yeah. And what I liked about Rotation, it sounded a lot more mature than... yeah. Working with John Feldman. John Feldman has worked with the greatest. He definitely fleshed out the sound. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, majority, I don't know if the same members of the band were in rotation that were on A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. I know at this point, Cute Is What We Aim For is only Shant because every other member has left the band. But um, yeah, there's definitely more mature edge. I think John Feldman, he's got more like the most hands-on approach inside of uh the music industry and sometimes he can hit them out of the park and rotation is definitely an album he does that a with a lot of times he doesn't sometimes yeah i mean he did a he did a dares album he did story of the years album he did the used uh, first album uh, he's done a lot of the used album back in the, i mean yeah back in the day he was great and then he's had some great stuff up to recently but i think now he's just trying to like make everything sound like all time low and and uh, what's that Australian boy band that he uh, produced? We the King. No, Five Seconds of Summer. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, he definitely. He's. I mean, he's the he's the dude from Goldfinger, dude. What are you gonna tell him, man? If he tells you to sound like this, are you gonna you gonna look him in the eye and go, no? Well, honestly, I'd be like, you're, you're, a, a, you're a one hit wonder. Shut up, <laughs> man. Good luck with that, dude. He's not. Yeah, a one-hit Goldfinger wonder. wasn't that great. <laughs> Goldfinger was not great. Yeah, oh, there, there's it definitely better. Like, like I like ska and stuff. Like, but yeah, I'm not that the gold singer. I don't like they have catchy stuff, but there's definitely better stuff out there. I don't agree with y'all, but I'm gonna move on to my next. Uh, I've been listening to uh, Reggie and the Full Effects. Uh, I think not their last album, but the album before that. It's called No Country for Old Musicians. It's got like a little baby Mr. T on the cover. Uh, there's a song on there called uh, Kanji Tattoos. It features uh, Adam Lazara of Taking Back Sunday. It's just, oh, it's really, it's beautiful. I love Reggie in the full fact. They've, they've, he just, you know, he's able to do whatever he wants. He kind of just has a little comedic, like, do you, snide. Do you like his, early uh, Reggie in the full effect, like Under the Tray? Under the Tray and, uh, what is it, Lords of the Bling? Yeah, because I really, I really loved that stuff because it was still kind of 
there was some songs I, that were reminiscent to the Get Up Kids, which you know yeah. he was he was I on the Get for a good while. I dig it. I mean, I love uh, Mood for uh, what is it? Is about Mood for Doom? I don't know what the song's called entirely off the top of my head. It's been a while since I've heard it, but um, I feel like the early early days of Reggie in Full Effect. While there are like some bangers like Smacking Katie and stuff like that, I feel like a lot of the tracks are just kind of like Silly. comedy filler, yeah. just kind of like little oh, skits yeah, and stuff. Sure. But yeah, the, like, there's definitely songs that kind of stood out. Like "Your Bleeding Heart" is a great one, and yeah, definitely. Uh, ha- have you heard "Happy V Day" with um, it yeah, a singer singer of a uh, Hot Rod Circuit on it? That's my favorite. Right nice. in the full effect song. I mean, while I'm more, uh, I was more of a fan of his. Uh, I think honestly, like musically, while not like it's like the least comedic of all of his albums i think last stop crappy town which he uh worked with the producer for uh nine inch nails like with teeth album um i feel like that's probably like his magnum opus as like a serious musician because just the whole thing is just goes throughout his whole like process through going through rehab and shit and like the whole album like it's named after all the trains he would take to go to rehab but like that album from a mature standpoint, I would say is probably his best, but No Country for Old Musicians, which has this, I feel like is probably easily one of his top tier. It's 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 up there. It's it's got a little bit of everything. It's got the comedy skits. It's got funny shit. I think it's a little more refined than songs not to get married to, which I felt was a little lopsided at points. Yeah, I'll but, have to check out. Um, I'll have to check out like oh yeah, later stuff because. I was never really, like, able to get super into him because, like, there was only a few songs that I really vibed with and the rest was all just, like, silly filler songs. I could could make you up a playlist to, like, kind of cut the slack. That way you're not going around, like, going, I don't dig this. What is this? Skip, skip. Because, like, Reggie, like, I love the dude, but, yeah, he does make some filler sometimes. That song Caving from uh, Songs Not to Get Married To, that song goes hard. Yeah, definitely, dude. Like that. It, like a lot of people don't know, he was the drummer for Coalesce. I mean, he played yeah, piano. Yeah. He played piano in My Chemical Romance during the Black Parade tours. So he also, like, yeah, he also played synth for Newfound Glory for a while. And, and uh, when Reggie and the Full Effect toured, the guys from My Chemical Romance were actually his uh his touring band. Oh yeah, and on No Country for Old Musicians, uh, Frank and uh, Ray play instruments, and they do backup vocals in a couple of the songs. So there's that, and finally on my list to cap me off, um, I checked out Foxy Shazam's new song called Dreamer. I'm really excited that they're making a comeback. I really enjoy their music. I've enjoyed it since the Flamingo Trigger. They've always kind of had like a frantic edge to them with like strong influences and like meatloaf and like queen and stuff like that. Kind of just gives like oh, Moses loves them. He, that's his favorite band. But uh, Fox I like them. I like Queen. I don't like meatloaf though. I'm not a huge meatloaf fan, but I can under, yeah, I can respect like the <laughs> operatic like grandiose grandeur he has given music. That is some white people shit right there. That is some definitely some. <laughs> Foxy Shazam loves to get like like they have influences that even like that are like Little Richard, Chuck Berry, stuff like that. It's kind of got that 
old school rock and roll, like back when rock was being stolen by the white man. But well. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's definitely it's a welcome back to true form. Uh, if you've never listened to Foxy Shazam, I definitely would recommend checking out the introducing album. It was produced by the same guy who re- produced All's Well to Ends Well by Chiodos. Um, but yeah, they've worked with they they had a song on the Super Bowl. So I mean, Foxy Shazam's reached highest highs. They're kind of just rebuilding after their last album, Gonzo, and they've had two singles after being gone for like four or five, six years. But that's uh that's about it for me. All right. Um, that's pretty much. Bad. Uh, I've only listened to Texas in July this week. I will only listen to Texas July for the rest of the month. <laughs> Texas in July. Uh, just plain. But I did listen to them a little bit this week, ironically. Well, not really ironically, but, you know, because it's tis the season. Um, I listened sure. to Embraced early in the week because we were talking about Embracer, and it kept autocorrecting to Embrace, and so I was like, huh. And, yeah, they pretty good i guess they were big in like 2002 or something well they weren't even that big because they only yeah not that big but but like later on people found them and they're like oh shit this was good and a lot of people kind of followed their format Mm -hmm. to kind of do the more scrams side of uh post hardcore definitely um Listen to from first to last, just to like prime myself up for the uh, "If I Die First single that came out. Well, we already talked about them, so we'll move on from there. I listened to a lot of Alexis on Fire this week, or is it Alex is on Fire or Alexis on Fire? It's Alexis on Fire. That's what I thought. Despite what people be- say that it can be said both ways, they always say Alexis on Fire. I've always heard Alexis on Fire, but I've heard enough people say the other way where. Well, they're wrong and stupid. Yeah. Um, listen to um, Dying is Your Latest Fashion by Escape the Fate, because we told uh, David to listen to it last week, and I wanted to see if it still held up. And I would say that it does for the most part, though there is some stuff I think that's a little dated on it. But, yeah. So, uh, I out of that uh, whole album, what's your favorite song from that cringy-ass band? <laughs> the one I listen to, like, easily the most, and it's heavy as fuck, is No, Sym- no Sympathy for the Dead. And it's that one's heavy as fuck. Um, it's a, it's a it's fire. Pretty, what? It's a fire album, dude. Yeah. It changed the game as much as some people don't want to like, and like, admit it. I get, I, I get why people don't like it. Like for sure, like I totally see it in it. Like it definitely takes a lot from like hair metal, like the guitars and stuff, and like the whole way they dress. Like everything else, I think it's pretty. Like yeah, that's that, that's it like worked the out pretty well. Main whack part about them, like fucking hair metal wannabe guys. They don't like hair metal. I love Van Halen and Motlin, not Molly Crew, but I love Van Halen and Journey. Molly Crew's lit. Yeah, that can be. I mean, that that shit was fun, whatever. I said lit, not shit, by the way. I go out of my way to listen to it. Um, but. And and also, watch The Dirt, because that shit is, like, hilarious. (laughs) Oh, dude, I watched that. That was pretty funny. 
That was, yeah. And they any, said it's like all band, fake too. Any band that was dressing like that post like the 80s, like they were all douchey, and that's safe to say. Yeah, I agree. Like asking Alexandria or whatever, but like, I mean, Black Veil Bride. I didn't. Yeah, Black Veil Brides, but they, I think they went a little further than that. Um, Usually, were, I always thought it was. I always thought it was kind of cool looking, but like not to the point where I think people should emulate it. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Situation sits at sixty-two million views online. And I mean, uh, <laughs> on YouTube and like, it's a hilarious not, music video. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, you're not it's, alone. A deep ass song by Seosin only has 8.8 .8 million. So, like, I mean, well, they that, ripped that music video that straight off of Van Halen, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hot for Teacher kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's education. You just got to play to what people's nostalgia, and they totally did that with that whole look, that whole look and appeal. Actually, that reminds me of a story where, um, like, my dad was, like, grew up in the 80s, listened to, like, was into hair metal and stuff, and so my friends, they were, they had a band, they were opening up for uh, Black Veil Brides, and so my dad heard about it, because they're, like, family friends or whatever, and he's, like, looks at the picture, like, wow, I kind of want to go see this band, because they look like a hair metal band, and I'm, like, no, they're trash, so you probably shouldn't do that, but, yeah, um, after Escape the Fate, I listened to this rapper, Erica Banks, who's supposed to be, like, this summer's next Megan Thee Stallion. And she's from Dallas, so I was like, all right, I'll check her out. Um, I listened to friend of the podcast band, uh, Least, which I don't know exactly how to, how to describe their music. It's kind of, I, like, do y'all know how y'all would describe Least? Have y'all listened to them yet? Least with Taylor? Yeah, with Taylor. Yeah, um, I actually, I really, I dig them, dude. Like, uh, they're doing, they're not, they're not riding no bandwagon, that's for sure. Definitely. Are they on Spotify? It's, they are yeah. on Spotify. Yeah, they're how worth checking spell, out, bro. How do you spell it? Just like least, like L E A S T. Oh, L okay. Least. 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 Does it have a period at the end or no? Uh, I don't think so. But yeah, they're cool. And like, where well, are they like a two people project? Yeah, two people. I don't, I like, do not know how to describe it, but like, it's definitely. It's like, it's like the white stripes for uh, kids like us. I wouldn't just say, no, I think they're more than. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Wait, no, she's taught. She's like, shout out to Taylor, by the way. She's. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I know that she's a big fan of Super Heaven. And just looking at the at the playlist, I guess it's gonna be kind of like that post grunge, like that kind of grunge revival, borderline shoegaze type stuff. But I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's I guess yeah I guess grunge revival would be a good way to describe it. But it's like I don't it doesn't sound like that grungy. But like I don't really know that much about grunge revival either. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to checking this they, out. They described what their sound was on Twitter, and I was like agreed with it, but I totally forgot what it was. But yeah, they're they're cool. Y'all should check them out. Um, oh, see, to, look, it says they they uh, combine elements of grunge, shoegaze, for fans of Super Heaven, Basement, and Balancing Composure. Makes sense. I'll have to yeah. check that out. 
because I love all those bands. You should definitely check it out. Do support it. your support the scene. Support your buddies. They're our biggest buddy. Mm-hmm. But I think um, that's anything else for today's episode, or we're gonna make it a three-hour luncheon. I had a few more things. <laughs> a few oh, more. I'll go through, I'll go through them real quick. I, uh, Dinosaur Junior. Um, which is basically like '90s, like post grunge with like heavy guitars. Um, Vivaldi, you know, classical composer. And then I was really, and then like last night I was watching a lot of AFI like live videos. AFI was like probably one of my favorite bands like when I was coming up. So. Okay, but what era of AFI? Oh, uh, obviously. It's it's like the turn of the century stuff. Like it's like pre December underground, even though that's what it got me into it, but like after the hardcore stuff. So it's like, um, death of seasons. It's like, what's the album with days of Phoenix and like the ones before I think black sales was well, black sales and art of drowning black sales. Yeah. Art of drowning and the art of drowning. And then, their All Hollows EP was also great too. Yeah, that stuff was great. It was my favorite stuff from them, but mm-hmm. I really dig the old hardcore shit too. Like very proud of yeah. them. Yeah, and so that and stay fashionable. I will but, say like their old hardcore shit, like it's great, but like it's, sometimes it's right. hard to get through their albums because it just kind of like it's just kind of repetitive. But the early stuff. AFI AFI is allowed to do whatever the fuck they That's want. That's true. Nobody yeah, like, is like so fucking great. Yeah, even Black Audio was great. You can't tell it, they also had a. a Davy was like the singer of like like a no like no doubts instrumentalists. I forget what that. I think it was Race Car or something. Even oh, that shit was great. Was, oh yeah, I remember that. that. No, yeah, it was it was basically no doubt without Gwen Stefani. Um, yeah, Dream Car. Never, yeah, maybe. Dream? I never. I, I think, never. I don't know. It sounded too eighties for me. Like, yeah, we know, we know you're so original. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I did see yeah, Black Audio live though. Black Audio, like they put on a good show. Um, Dream Car was the name of the band. Yeah. Dream Car was Black dope. Audio. Like Black Audio isn't really my kind of vibe, <laughs> but they put on a good show. Yeah. They're, and I really, yeah. I really like Sing the Sorrow. Except, yeah, Sing the Sorrow was good. Except Silver and Cold. But, yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't care for go, anything after that. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk shit about AFI, man. We'll die, dude. That's Davey Rabbit will show up in our closet, and you'll go. Oh! Like I think I everything they've AFI. done is everything they've done is good. It's just like to what extent of good it is. It's to what extent that you it's yourself like dance, Kevin, enjoy dance. it. Exactly. You know? But like, but I would say they're uh, that. Um, late 90s, early 2000s stuff is the best. This is about to be the longest playlist in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But that's it for me, so let's close this baby out. Thank you for listening to the Demo Team Podcast. I'm sorry that Escape the Fate is going to be on our playlist. Again. I'm sorry you had to hear Moses talk shit about all your favorite bands, audience. Yeah, no, nobody's he's, favorite. Uh, he's band being very snobby the, this episode. Nobody, nobody's favorite band is Escape the Fate, and if it is, don't fucking listen to this podcast. 
No, go listen to a lot of music. Hit me up, and I'll put you on some good shit. I hope somebody like this. I want to see if please, someone please do up. not stop listening to this podcast ever. Please ever. <laughs> please, we're begging our, our you. Two, please continue listening to us. Shout, out, shout them out. And, uh, wow, we're gonna totally do a Dine is your latest fashion episode. Fuck no. Honey, Ryan slash slash. The number one. Um, you can hit up my band. Stay still official, Moses. Uh, I'm through being Mo on. On Instagram. The end. <laughs> Shoot, you can catch oh. me on Facebook at David Pottinger. Uh, Instagram, Pottinger.david. Hit me up. Uh, you can catch me at, at Cash Spicer on Twitter or the Cash Lean Spicer on Instagram. And uh, make sure you check us out on at Demo Team Podcast on Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, YouTube, definitely look at YouTube, and Spotify, I don't know, everything. We have some awesome interviews coming your way, so. Oh, yeah. All right, peace out, everybody.